Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of On the Pitch presented by Deep Dive Sports. I'm your host, Dom, and I'm joined with Chase. Today, for the first episode, we're going to be going over the Euros um, because that's going on right now, finishing up the group stage of that tournament. Then we will talk about the new MLS Development League. And then the last question that we will have is, where will Ronaldo sign? Will he stay at Juventus? Is he going to go to Portugal? Who knows where he's going to go? But uh, we'll talk about that towards the end of the episode. So um, first, you know, Chase, what do you think of the Euros so far? Um, it's been pretty crazy. Today, um, we just had the group of death finish up, which was mm-hmm. obviously Portugal, France, Germany, and Hungary. It's, it lived up to its name for sure. I'm really more of a, an England supporter, mainly because I support the Prem a lot, and I like a lot of the English players. I'm a child yeah. myself, so I'm Mason Mount all the way, and I'm... Oh. Hoping to start him off a little early with a couple internationals, you know. I'll, I'll forgive you for being a Chelsea fan, but I'm, <laughs> I'm more of an England supporter when it comes to, you know, European championships and stuff like that, too. Um, but one of my best buddies is, a, is a, a Germany fan. So today was a pretty big day for him. And uh, they yeah. went down nil in the, in the first half against Hungary, which was quite a game within itself. Um, yeah. But overall thoughts... I don't see too many teams that are as strong as I think probably France are going to grow to be. Portugal has been a little lackluster in my opinion. Um, Yeah, I agree with that. With their starting lineups, it just doesn't – it seems like every game they go, well, we're going to start these certain amount of players. Like, in my opinion, Diego Jota and even Bruno Fernandes, who was benched today, but Mm -hmm. just the first – game they did absolutely nothing for the team and they just kind of seem to have this mentality that like yeah you know we're Portugal we got all these big names we'll be all right and yeah that's kind of what they stuck with so I'm starting to think that France is probably going to pull it all the way through England's looking a little rough yeah I, I say England's definitely looking a little inconsistent but I've I've personally been impressed by how Italy's just continued to play incredibly uh, they've won what 20 or 30 games in a row, I want to say. And they haven't conceded a goal in like 14. Yeah, I think they're at 26 or 27 right now. Yeah. Which is very ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it comes to, I mean, really any level of football. I mean, you know, you don't see really many club teams go on a winning streak like that, let alone an international team that yeah. plays together, you know, once every two years. And it's not really a side that, you would think about when you're thinking of a top tier international mm-hmm. side, Italy is not really, they're not thrown in the loop as much as maybe they should be. Maybe they're starting to prove themselves that they should be thrown in the loop more than what they are now. Yeah. I think not qualifying for the last world cup kind of was like a shock to the system. I mean, all the guys now are, you know, young guys that haven't been around for too long. Um, you know, they got a you know a couple senior players, but for the most part, everyone's pretty young. Right, which bodes really well for them. Um, oh, absolutely. But I could, I could see, I don't know, the way Spain played today. I was kind of, I was kind of questioning them for a little bit in the beginning of the tournament, but they won what five, five nothing today. Five nil against Slovakia, which, you know, I mean it's Slovakia, but they did. It took them a couple of games, but they were definitely the weird thing about Spain is they were so dominant in their first two games. Yeah, possession and passing, but they just 
couldn't put anything in up front, which the whole starting Alvaro Morata all three games is just beyond me. But today they they, they figured it out. They they found their key, and maybe that'll help them in a bigger game. But I, I wouldn't put Slovakia on one of the stronger sides to hold a five. No, minutes, but no not at all. But I think with you know getting a Laporte, you know, to no. play a center back for him to switch over from France just really helps solidify that defense because they were they were not looking good for a while. Then they get Laporte and he's kind of you know kind of calmed that defense down a little bit. And they've looked a lot better. It's kind of had an impact for the team. But I think it could be I can see Spain and Italy or um, France and Italy in the final. I think yeah. uh, Italy's that one lock where I. I don't see them letting up pretty much at all. If I honestly, I think Germany's going to beat England mm-hmm. in the round of 16, if I'm just being honest. And honestly, I don't really see a good matchup to contend with Italy until they maybe get to the final four. And uh, I'd agree with that. It'll, or, um, England just baffles me. They have a lot of talent when it comes to their attack, but their, their defense – you know, besides Stones, they really don't have anyone that's really of note on that defense. You know, Alexander Arnold has been, you know, pretty bad most of this, you know, season for Liverpool, and he's not looking right. much better. And then just Gareth Southgate just doesn't know what he's doing as manager <laughs> at all. There's no creativity. <laughs> I, I know that's that's a pretty uh, that's a well you know, respected opinion that uh, Southgate doesn't know what the hell he's doing at the helm, but right, it's just, it's actually dumbfounding sometimes, especially with Mason Mount and um, Ben Chili Chilwell being sidelined and the couple of starts that he replaced and starting Saka over Sancho when he had, I mean, he played for Arsenal. He played what, 25 games, had like one goal, three assists, something ridiculous. And yeah, so sitting on the bench with like 17 games, eight goals, 11 assists in the Bundesliga. I just don't understand the yeah. selection process there. Saka did play a good game. I'll give him that. But yeah. And then he fi- finally started Grealish. It, right. it took a couple of games to be finally brought, you know, arguably his best, one of his best players off the bench to, to finally get some time. It just, right. um, I don't get it. <laughs> I think the general consensus that, France is probably going to get the stronger side. I think Portugal is going to be Portugal and let everything get to him. Ronaldo can't carry the team as long as, you know, as good as Ronaldo is, and it's proven time and time again, Ronaldo can only carry a team so far. And if anybody else doesn't start carrying their weight, they're going out. So, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, I I think it's going to be Italy and France in the final, and that's going to be one hell of a final to watch. (laughs) I, I would that. love to see France's attack with Mbappe go against um, the defense of Italy. It's just that's going to be one hell of a matchup. All right, so on to the next topic. So the MLS recently just announced a developmental league that will kick off in 2022. This league is going to seek to compete in like the third tier of whatever pyramid structure um, the U.S. has with soccer. It's designed more to create a professional pathway between academies and MLS first teams. And according to an article that I found on, I think it was like Stars and Stripes FC, it's going to create a diverse talent pool of coaches, refs, players, executives, while exposing new fans to the sport. Um, Because I guess they're going to focus more on like smaller market cities uh, where MLS teams aren't, which is kind of smart in my opinion. 
But overall, it seeks to improve the pro pathway from the new MLS or the MLS Next Academy program. And the new league will not compete with the um, UCL's championship or League One, which are like other leagues that are in like the third tier as well. And then by 2023, each MLS team with a lower division squad uh, will be competing in this league. But a thing that I find interesting is it's also going to be open to independent teams. Um, they're free to join as well, as long as they apply for, you know, joining the league and whatnot. I think it's a good idea. I think this could really help bring young players into the game, bring new fans into the game, and then kind of just streamlining the process of going from, you know, youth soccer, NCAA to, you know, the MLS. You know, there's no, at least from my perspective, I don't follow the MLS as much as I follow like the Prem or any other European league. But it's not like there's a there's a pyramid structure, but it's not one where a club will progress through that pyramid structure. So it's kind of difficult, at least from what I would think, for players to go from the lower level leagues all the way up to the MLS because there is they're not getting that exposure or whatnot. Um, so unless you're already in like the youth academy for you know the Columbus Crew, then you know good luck getting into the MLS, or unless you're like a, a star college soccer player right but what do you think i wouldn't say i'm a, i'm an avid mls watcher i would definitely say i watch a lot more european football in almost every league than i would in mls but i do follow the crew and i follow david beckham's inter miami and that whole thing i mean i think this is an amazing idea and i think it'll create a lot of opportunities for a lot of players to start actually getting some play time mm-hmm. specifically with what you said about going straight from college to MLS is they do pretty much go straight from college to MLS. There's an mm-hmm. MLB league at the moment, but it's not as integrated as it needs to be. And I think this is going to help yeah. a lot with that integration to try to get players to slowly acclimate to the MLS, which is, yeah. you know, considered the top league, but that yeah. can be a whole discussion within itself. But I mean, it's just like, <laughs> It's like with David Beckham bringing his team over, well, creating a team or how MLS is with creating teams. Like he just had to drop some cash and he has mm-hmm. like a, what do they call it? Like an expansion team, like yeah. based off of another area that already has a team. Right. And, and then you're just throwing players in there, you know, some from NCAA, some from just that you're buying in. And a lot of older European stars that, are too old to really compete in, in Europe. So they just come over to the MLS and dominate for a year and then go back to Europe. Right. And that's like no other league in the world is just like, yeah, you can just throw your team with a couple million dollars. You can just throw your team into our top league, whatever. Like right. that just doesn't really make sense to me. So if you start having teams start in this like new integrated league and work their way up kind of like the Prem does start a relegation system. If that's kind of where they're going with this, I think it's going to be a great idea. I think it's going to help a lot yeah. with um, the, the, the training and the development of young soccer stars or potential soccer stars. But I think it'll help a lot with the league even more if they start to integrate all of this and yeah. sort of like a relegation esque uh, system as well. I think that's definitely where they need to go. Um, and I think this might be the the starting of it. Um, I wouldn't expect them to just, you know, 
starting next season, we're doing a, a relegation style, you know, pyramid scheme. But I, I think this could definitely be the start of it because it's, it's really just focusing on developing talent. Like teams won't get relegated, but it will help develop, you know, players that are still good, but they need, you know, a little bit more practice, a little bit more coaching to really refine their skills more and a little bit more playing time. And then they can, you know, make that jump to the MLS. Um, Cause right now there really isn't that opportunity for. Them. So I, I think this is going to do nothing but good, you know, for soccer in the U S as a whole, let alone just the MLS because, you know, more fans are going to be exposed to this as well. They're going to start watching soccer. And then, you know, if you're a, a young soccer player and you want to get to the MLS, but, you know, you don't really see a path, you know, through the NCAA because you know you're not a top recruit, but you still want to pursue your dream of playing the MLS. Now you have an option where you didn't have an option before. That's why I think, first of all, with them implementing it as quick as they are, I think is an amazing idea. And I would love to see how well that goes for them because usually when they implement something like this, it's 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 two or three years out before they in, even integrate it. But like my my whole stance on it is that the MLS, especially growing up watching European football, it's just not as entertaining, and mm-hmm. it needs something to give it that kick. And I think this can finally start. Because it, for me, it doesn't need more stars or it definitely needs more training. It needs more options, mm-hmm. it needs more availability. But the whole league needs to be revamped almost. Right. And I really hope that's where they're taking this. I think it'll do wonders for the young players. And, I mean, it, it, do, it makes me excited to watch MLS next year because I want to see – I want to start watching this. And I want to see, you know, youngsters growing and – coming into the MLS and see how fast everything starts moving for those, those kids, if it moves fast or if it's a, but I, I mean, I'm all in on this. No, absolutely. I, I a hundred percent agree with you. I think this is going to be, I don't think it's going to start paying dividends for the MLS until, you know, maybe 2024, 2025. It's going to take a couple of years to really see a lot of these players progress through the system. But once they do start progressing through the system, I think, the MLS is going to change, and I think it's going to be for the better. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree with that, for sure. Getting into the next topic, you know, with it being the offseason for a lot of these clubs, obviously transfer rumors are going to be kind of at their peak right now. One of the you know major transfer rumors right now is where's Harry Kane going to end up? Because he's already told Tottenham that he wants to go. Tottenham said, we don't want to let you go. <laughs> so where where is he going to end up? Is he going to? stay at Tottenham? Is he going to make his way over to uh, my club of Man City? Or is he, is he leaving England? Because I th- that was a rumor for a little bit too. I think this one's going to be one of the tougher puzzles to solve this summer. One of my favorite things about this upcoming year of football is that the transfer market is going to be ridiculous mm-hmm. with, thing. with Ronaldo that we're going to get into, with Mbappe still not you know, 100% set on what whether he's staying or leaving. Harry Kane, you know, we've got the Barcelona Messi thing, which they're saying they were going to announce a contract today or tomorrow. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. There's just tons of big-name players out there that are just either unhappy or feel like they've accomplished what they want to accomplish and need to move on. And I, I, I just, I'm super excited for this. But I'm really Harry- interested to see um, 
how COVID affects everything. You know, yeah. I, I feel like, you know, a player like Mbappe or, you know, Messi that would have gone for about 150, you know, Mbappe probably 200 million pounds or euros. They're probably not going to go for what they would have pre-COVID. So, I mean, if you're a, if you're a club, you, depending on how your finances are looking, you might be able to go get one of the best players in the world for, you know, maybe a discount. You know, where you, where you think uh, Kane's going to end up? As much as I want to say he's leaving, I don't think he is. I know he wants to leave. I know he's unhappy. I know he wants to win trophies. I think he deserves to win trophies. I think he deserves more respect as a striker. There's games here and there where he doesn't show up. Yeah. But you can say that about anybody. So I, I, I personally believe that he's probably going to end up staying with Tottenham. There's, there's a lot of issues with him leaving, a lot of complications, especially with the club. They're asking price of him. Obviously, Man City put in a hundred million bid. I don't know how Tottenham's doing. Obviously, with their COVID finances, like you're talking about, and yeah. that's the thing as well. Is you know all the Super League teams, mm-hmm. the three that are still in it: Juve, Barca, Real Madrid. They're they don't have the finances, and if they do, to get a player for a hundred mil. Um, right. Not sure where that's coming from, but you can pretty much already rule those three big clubs off the table. So you're really only looking like. Man City, PSG, or Chelsea, maybe. Yeah. And honestly, I don't, other than Man City, I don't really see Chelsea trying to sign him because we're going for Halan, um, whether that, that happens or not. But so I just, I think he stays. I think he stays another year. I don't know how long his contract is off the top of my head, but. I, th- I think it runs for another two years. I'm not not 100% sure on that one, so don't quote me on it. But um, I do think there are a couple years left on this deal. I think for this one, I think for this transfer window, this big summer transfer window, I think he stays with Tottenham, plays another year. He's obviously going to play for the badge, whether he wants to or not. He's just that kind of player. He's got that instinct. He's got that leadership. And I think after, hopefully, everything's recovered financially, He's probably going to get a yeah. good deal from somebody else. Probably not going to be a hundred mil. Probably going to look at like sixty-five or something, which isn't dreadful. But and I think he'll probably end up somewhere else. But I definitely think he stays prem. I don't. I don't see him as more of a a Ligun or even a Syrian striker. I think he's built for the prem, and I think he yeah. would be great in the prem for the rest of his career. So I'd agree with you there. I do think he's going to be leaving though. He wants to win. He wants to win the Champions League. Let's face it, Tottenham, you know, they they have the balls to say that they're a top six club, but they haven't won anything. I don't think they ha- I don't think they've won a trophy in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna win with him, you know, with a team as constructed. They don't have the finances to go put more players around him besides um some. That's that's it. That's their whole team. You know, they don't have money to go out and add to it. The only way that they can improve the team is if they, you know, sell Harry Kane to my club for a hundred million, <laughs> or, and then they they can with that hundred million they can go get two three players that are going to be good quality starters. Or I wouldn't even be surprised if we find out that it's a there's a swap deal with City, sixty five for Kane, and we throw in you know Gabriel Jesus or something like that. Or uh, you know I know Bernardo Silva is been you know rumored to want out but probably yeah. to like 
um, La Liga or something like that. I do think that he's going to end up the city though. You know, our need for a striker is too big and we're willing to spend for it. Cause I mean, we got this close to the champions league. If, uh, if Pep didn't overthink it, we'd probably be holding that trophy, but you know, we, we got as close as you can possibly get, you know, without getting there. And we got there without a striker. Yeah. So if you're sitting, you're thinking got to the champions league final without a striker, imagine what the team's going to be like if we add the best striker in the world. And I, I think there's too much pressure on Tottenham to sell both from city, from Harry Kane and from everybody else that wants to see Harry Kane out of Tottenham and, you know, winning trophies. I do think that they're going to end up selling. I can get behind that. Um, my biggest problem, just one little add thought on that, with him going to Man City, which is probably the the favorite, whether he goes leaves or not, yeah. I would say, is Pep's obsession with not playing strikers as strikers, as more of a false nine or even a ten role. I think he was only doing that this year out of necessity because – you know, Jesus, as good of a player as he is, maybe not good enough to be, you know, your target man striker. You know, hell, at, at times this year, he played better as a left winger than he does as, as a striker. Um, and then Aguero would come back for a game and then miss three weeks because he'd get injured again. So for a while, besides for, you know, the off game that Liam DeLap came up from, you know, Premier League 2, we didn't have a striker. So he kind of played De Bruyne you know, as the, as the false nine, but when Aguero was healthy, he was in the starting lineup pretty much every game. And, you know, he was, he was the man Add someone like Harry Kane. And I think, I think he's, he'll, he'll start definitely. Then he'll be as, he'll be a striker. Kane's not the kind of player that would be a false nine. He's, he's, he's gotta be the target man. Time will tell, right? (laughs) That's, That's fair. I just, um, that was my main point. I, I don't see Kane playing any other position than an out-and-out striker. And I guess if yeah. – I don't know. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. It, it would be interesting to see how he fits in with, you know, Pep's system. Pace is kind of a problem for Kane at times. He, he's totally different from any other striker that Pep has really ever had. So seeing how he would work Kane into the system was going to be interesting. But sticking with the uh, transfer rumors, where's uh, Ronaldo going to end up? You know, his uh, Instagram post at the end of uh, Serie A's season kind of made it sound like he uh, kind of accomplished everything that he wanted to at Juve and kind of wants out, maybe? This is um, this is a weighted question. <laughs> um, my thing with Ronaldo and Juventus is R- Ronaldo left Real Madrid – saying he wants to compete on another league at another league on a top level and he wants to win the Champions League with Juventus. Yeah. He did not do that. He didn't even really get close. Mm-hmm. I, he in almost every league they hit a sh- really bad fall this year in Serie A. Yeah. Almost ended up in the Europa League. I think Ronaldo is happy with the records that he's broken goal scoring wise. But I think he sees that the team itself is just not capable of supporting him and giving him the players that he needs. The only problem with where he goes, there's really only two options, probably the two, I mean, most expected ones, which would be Man United. I think I honestly think Real Madrid does not have the money to buy Ronaldo back unless Ronaldo 
wants to go back and is willing to take a low pay cut so that way they mm-hmm. can pay the fee to get them off of Juventus. Right. But I don't see that happen. I think they're too much in debt. I don't think PSG wants them. I think it's either Man United or it's Inter Milan or another Serie A club that can afford him. I don't, but I don't think he does it. I, I've heard rumors that his family has been in contact with Man United. I don't think he wants to go back to Real Madrid. I don't think. I think Real Madrid's on a steep decline. I think all of the league mm-hmm. is on a steep decline. Yeah. I don't think he, I think he knows that and doesn't want to go back. So with all that being said, I honestly think he stays with Juventus with as many problems as he has. My biggest concern with him, though, and with Messi as well, is with this Super League thing, obviously they already said he'll still play in the Champions League, but Serie A is really clacking down on Juventus that they're not going to play mm-hmm. in Serie A if they stay in the Super League. That it, within itself, I think, would push Ronaldo to leave. But honestly, I only see one real option, and I think it would be Man United. But with as much money as Man United is throwing around and how much they haven't been the past couple of years, I don't think they're going to put it out for him. So I think he stays. Yeah. I think it's it's a tough situation. It we definitely have to wait and see what the Super League, what the ramifications are of that. If Juventus is banned from the Champions League, Ronaldo's not going to stay. He's going to demand his way out. If he's not playing for the Champions League, he's not playing for you. Same same with Serie A. If they're kicked out of Serie A, <laughs> Ronaldo's not going to stay. He's not going right. to just sit around. But then you know where's he going to go? You got. The Glaciers with United and all their problems, all the debt that they have, and you know fans pretty much riding outside of the stadium weekly to get the get the Glaciers to sell. I don't know where he could go. I think next year, depending on you know obviously the Superliga stuff, I think he'll be at Juventus next year. But I would not be surprised if maybe he makes a move back to United. But I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at Porto one day, finish his career you know, in his home country of Portugal. I don't think Porto has the money now to go pay for him. I know they're a big club, got pretty far in the Champions League this year, but I don't know if they have the finances to go sign Ronaldo this year, but maybe next year. Who knows? Maybe, maybe he'll surprise us all and come to the MLS. I don't know. But that that brings up the other point is he's 36. Does right. he want to play in a big year after next year let's say he stays in Juve everything's fine this year but they're saying he's banned next year yeah. with the Super League if they're not out does he retire he'd be 37 does he retire does he go play for SP Porting uh does he go to MLS for the paycheck I don't think he's you know in it for the money at this point I think he's made I, of money but I know he's 37 but if you watch him play he's still got he's still got some gas in that tank you know, I could I could see him playing till he's forty, with how well he keeps himself in shape, and just he's he's the kind of person he's going to play until his legs fall off, <laughs> you know, till he physically can't play anymore. He's good, he's going to keep trying to win the Champions League, and I think he'll at this point of his career, you know, knowing that he doesn't have that many years left, I think he's going to go wherever he thinks is going to be the best chance for him to win the Champions League, whether it be staying at Juventus or going back to United as much as it would kill me to see him go back to United <laughs> or, yeah. you know, kill us all. Oh, God, yeah. I would hate that. But you now I guess for, for the nostalgia factor of it, it would be interesting to see. But other than that, I would, I would hate it <laughs> every week. I would hate watching it. But yeah. Thanks Chase for 
you know, coming mm-hmm. onto the show. I think this is a good first episode, and yeah, I, I can see a lot of a lot of topics coming up in the next couple of weeks that I think we're definitely going to have a lot to talk about, especially with uh, the whole Ronaldo and, and Kane situation going on. And I'm sure there's going to be other transfer rumors that pop up that we can talk about. But I'd also like to thank our listeners. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media. And we are Deep Dive Sports. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sport on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for any update. And please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next. As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.